The world is kind of crazy right now, and I thought we could use this episode as an opportunity to escape from it for just a little bit while simultaneously acknowledging what is going on and just try to make the best of it together. So without further ado, let's roll that intro music and get this episode started. Welcome to the Tokyo Lens Podcast, and as always, if you are a regular listener, welcome back. Really glad to have you guys here. As I am recording this, it is 9 o'clock in the morning. It is sunny and beautiful in Tokyo. I am readjusting the microphone because it was not set up how I wanted whatsoever. And today's episode is just going to be a sit-down and talk where I share a little bit of the behind the scenes and what life has been like right for me here and just what I've been doing, all of that. It's, it's really just a catch-up episode, so let's have a bit of fun with it. Now, with this one, there's there's no script, there's no plan. It's just us sitting down raw and unfiltered, just hanging out and talking. The situation has been changing day by day and all over the world, things are getting crazy. People going into social distancing and social isolation, and we kind of all need to play our part. Tokyo has still been incredibly crowded, and I've been trying to reduce my time outdoors as much as possible, because in the end, it's it's not about us. It's about the people that we come in contact with after we've been outdoors, and just keeping everyone safe as a group. And that's that's pretty much all I want to say about that topic. Moving on, I do want to address the fact that just the other day, I went out to Asakusa in the morning. I needed to get a few scenes for a documentary that I've been working on. And oh boy, oh boy, was it crowded. I was not expecting that many crowds. With the schools shut down the way they are, there were people absolutely everywhere. And I couldn't have predicted how crowded it would be because I decided to actually cycle out there and cycle all the way back. The weather has been getting nice and warm today. Right now, as I record this, it is 15 degrees Celsius blue skies and the week looks like it's going to keep getting warmer. As of yesterday, the sakura or cherry blossoms have opened in Ueno Park and that's that's always a beautiful time of year. Unfortunately, this year is going to be a little bit different, but in terms of how I've been spending this time, how I've been just trying to make the best of the the time at home, which is already something that I do quite a bit. My life tends to naturally be split between either going out and doing adventures and just moving around quite a bit, or at home trying to put it all together, curate it, turn it into some form of content, make a story, share it, etc. But lately, it's been a lot more of the indoors. A lot of creators, a lot of anybody who is an entrepreneur right now is definitely feeling the crunch. Definitely a difficult time to be a freelancer of any kind. If you're a freelancer listening to this, you understand whether you are a creative, whether you are a musician, whether you are a small business owner, no matter what it is, everyone is feeling the crunch. The beautiful part of it is, though, we're all feeling it 
together, and social media has kind of turned everyone into a creator in some way or another so that they can capture and share their side, their story, their experience from their angle, and there have been reactions to it from all these people have no idea how to work at home to comical reactions and sarcasm. It's really interesting to see just everyone in the world communicating on the same topic. And because this is hitting globally, it literally has people from all around the world, different countries and cultures, languages, communicating, reacting to it. But in terms of how I've been spending the time here, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. And I think today is a fairly good representation. My day started quite simple, as most days do. I wake up first thing in the morning, I have a glass of water, I stretch out, and then I do exercise. My day starts, the goal is to just box off a simple, I actually have a little checklist, we'll get to that later, a little checklist that starts usually with just 50 push-ups and a location. That's right, I actually write down the location. Am I going to do them in the living room? Am I going to do them in the office? Where where am I going to do these push-ups? I want to be as detailed as possible. And then once I get that done, I head my way to the kitchen and I make coffee. Right before recording this episode, I had just finished kicking back, making a couple lists for the day and having a nice, wonderful cup of coffee. Sidebarring as we do, today's coffee cup is one of my favorite coffee cups that rarely to ever makes it out there. It is a Fire King Jade cup back from, oh, I don't know, I'd be swinging, take a guess, like 60s, 70s. The This cup I received from my grandmother. I was collecting Fire King and Pyrex cups for the longest time. I love that 60s, 70s, like milk glass cup look, those mugs and all of that. I love them so much. And I spent a while going through Canada and going to every single secondhand shop I could find, bugging every friend that I could find and just collecting these cups. I've got all the floral design ones and everything like that, but there's just one really special one for me, and it's the one that I received from my grandmother. And that one is sitting on my desk right now, right in line, eyes sight, line line of sight, <laughs> as I record this episode, and it's how I got the day started. So the day usually starts like that. Water, exercise, coffee. Pretty standard, no matter what. Even if I'm in a hotel for the day, I will literally start like that. I'll down half a bottle of water, do a bit of exercise, and hopefully make some coffee. But there's been one major project that has been taking up so much of my time lately, and it's actually had an interesting flow that I wanted to share with you guys since we're here anyway. So this project is a very seemingly simple documentary. I had an idea for it before I went, and I thought, okay, well, this this is going to be a pretty easy documentary to make. It's basically A, B, C, D. You've got a flow for the story. You, you just go, you get the shots you need, you get all the extras, you go back and you put it all together. Well, as happens with many documentaries or many shoots or just, I guess, life in general, you get to the location and 
plan A doesn't work, and then plan B doesn't work, and then all of the stuff in plan C kind of falls apart, but oddly plan C still works, and you end up Frankensteining together this plan A, B, C, F hybrid that you never could have possibly expected, and it all comes together in the edit. And this, the edit, is something that I'd want to sidebar and talk about. The edit is both the bane of my existence and the one thing that I love the most about creating. Earlier, I referenced that right now, everybody is kind of a creator in their own way. They're sharing the current situation and what they're going through, their views, their comedy, their experiences, their stresses through one medium or another, whether it be through Twitter or Instagram, whether they're doing it through creating memes or making art. Some people are trying to turn it into humor. Other people are turning it into very serious articles and information sharing, graphs, you name it. A lot of people, in one way or another, are communicating, whether it be in their Facebook posts, their verbal communication, everyone's kind of communicating and sharing. And in one way or another, as I said, it really makes us all a creator. And the big challenge as a human is taking what's in our head and translating that into some form of word, text, imagery, something that we hope to be interpreted by the humans around us in the way that we intend it. And that's the big challenge. It's the big puzzle. It's like it makes life a constant game of translating. Now, we, we might think, well, I, I only speak one language, but really you're translating that thought, the feeling, the emotion, what it is in your head into something that can be perceived and understood by other people. And in the exact same way, this is why I love the edit, because the edit gives you the opportunity to tell the story, to give the feeling that you had there through the story through the music that you choose, through all of it, and create something that will hopefully evoke a similar feeling in other people to the feeling that you had while you were there. Now, sometimes this comes out through the excitement that you share in the video, or sometimes it comes through the language you choose, the edit, the lighting, the cuts, the music, any one of these things. And all of these are kind of tools in your little tool belt of telling the story, which is why I love the edit so much. I recently put up an ad talking about hiring an editor and this editor's, I, I had to make it super clear that this editor is not going to be working on the like Tokyo lens video vlog documentary content that it's going to be for a totally other set ABC. Here's how it needs to be edited, you know, kind of copy and paste type project. But as I got into it, and I started thinking about it, even these copy and paste style projects, there's so many ways that an editor could have an, an impact and effect on it. And the more I think about it, the more I really, really do love the edit because the edit is, for me, the same as these podcasts are. It's a chance for me to tell a story. It's a chance for me to connect with you. And it's not always through what I say in the video, but more often than not in how I tell it. So the deeper I have gotten into this documentary that I'm working on right now, the more time that I've needed for it. 
it was supposed to be boxed off. I'd say the, the plan was to be able to edit the entire thing in a day to two days. It was shot in a way that it could have been edited in a day to two days. And after two days of editing, I had a rough layout for it. And I was like, you know what? This could be so, so much better than it is. I just need a little more time to play with the puzzle, move around the pieces just a touch. And so with that being said, two days became five, five days became nine. And I am on the 10th full day of this edit for something that all in all is only going to probably work out to be an eight to 10 minute video. But it's a project that I've really enjoyed working on. It's shot told and edited different than anything I've ever done. And it's, I've been provided, I guess, in a weird way, the luxury of the time to do so. And as a creative, the luxury of time is generally not something that we have, but this is the last major project that I actually have right now on my plate for pretty much the rest of the year. I have one more potential travel project later on in the year that hasn't canceled out yet, but there are still question marks hanging over it. But I've had creator friends everywhere from Japan to Canada. I've had musician friends, everybody who has had their entire year completely and utterly cancel out. And the thing is, when it comes to projects like this, there's a certain travel aspect inside of this project. And it in our current situation, genuinely, honestly, doesn't feel entirely appropriate to be like, hey, let's do travel content. I was talking to a friend named Maddie who runs a YouTube channel on camera stuff in Canada. And he was like, honestly, bag reviews and gimbals and this and the next thing. Like, why, why would I be making videos about this right now? My channel literally has no need in the world's current situation. I am not an expert on any of this. What I know is cameras and it's just not the time to be putting out a review on a product or a, a pro tip or this, that, the next thing. And honestly, with all the news that we see around us, it's very natural to feel this way. But again, it's also important to understand that people cope in different ways. And for some people, just having the opportunity to have some content to consume from the people that they enjoy interacting with, listening to, seeing is really just a part of it. So Maddie's still been putting out other videos that just kind of show a more personal side, and I really commend them for it. They are beautifully, beautifully done. But this project has basically given me the the luxury of time to work on this. And as soon as it's done, I've got one or two more like non-travel projects, just kind of us hanging out. I want to really, I, I don't want to overpromise here because I feel like I've referenced this like three or four times and just never had the opportunity to get back to it. But I really want to get back to the series of me revisiting my first trip to Japan, which was 15 years ago. It was officially 15 years ago. I have all the tapes. I think I did one or two episodes of that and then got super busy. But seeing as everything else is kind of on hold or hiatus and I don't have any major travel around the country plans booked, seems like a pretty good time to continue doing that. But there's one more documentary that I have in my pocket. One that I don't know when I'm going to release, 
but it is going to be big and it is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to deliver a ton of value in the sense of it'll give you a peek behind the scenes at something that most people would probably never have the opportunity to have a peek behind the scenes at and answer questions that a lot of people have always had. And I know I'm being very elusive in terms of details, but I'll, I'll eventually build some, I'll eventually drop a couple more hints and build a little more hype for it. But I will say this much right now. It is shamisen related and it is beautiful and fun and exciting. And that's it. I swear I got to stop right here because if I continue on this, I had this whole, in my mind, I was like, okay, I'm going to talk about this, 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 this. And as I got into it, I was like, no, I'm going to spill the beans. I'm going to 100% completely spill all the beans. So we're going to, I'm going to cut this part right here and we're going to move on. So this moves me into the, the topic actually of shamisen, which is another way that I've been spending a lot of the time here. Um, you know, I guess in my, I, I don't really want to say that I'm, I'm doing the social isolation thing because for me, it's just business as usual. I'm just spending a bit more time at home and trying to avoid going out if I don't need to. Um, and a large part of that, a large part of that has been just getting as much shamisen time in as possible. You know, they say it's your, your 10,000 hours to master or something. And I have no idea where I am along the progress of those 10,000 hours. I feel like honestly, maybe three to 4,000. It's probably definitely a lot more than that. But I, uh, it's something that I really, truly, truly enjoy. But the, the true trick or catch behind the shamisam is that for as beautiful as an instrument as it is, and for all the ad lib uh, that comes along with playing it, the main songs are really what makes it what it is. And there is only a small selection, a small repertoire of main songs. And perfecting these is kind of your base to playing shamisen. And the, the approach that I've been taking is to really focus on getting as close to perfect on each song as possible before moving on to the next, which means my repertoire, my list of songs that I have in my back pocket is literally just enough to pull off a 30 to 45 minute uh, live show uh, by myself on stage. And I struggled there because I was going to say and I was like, how do you say in English? And that's just, I guess, one man show. There we go. Got it. Oh, feels so good when you actually get that word that you're searching for. Woof. So Shamisen has been another way that I've been spending a lot of the time. I really enjoy it. And I've been spending a lot of time as well with the Shamisen players, considering that a lot of Shamisen players as well have just had jobs evaporate. There's not as much need in a time like this for musical entertainment in groups and everything. So a lot of these jobs have been canceling out and it gives us the opportunity to put together some content, make some beautiful projects. I have an absolutely spectacular video coming up on the Shamisen in Tokyo channel fairly soon with Kiki. It is probably one of if not the best video we've ever recorded, just in terms of overall aesthetics, which is actually really hard to say because with their musical playing, 
and the locations we have been blessed with. Uh, we've got a lot of aesthetically nice content over on that channel. But a moment ago, I talked about how I've been trying to spend a lot more time indoors. This also means, obviously, you know, you, you still need air and sunlight and everything like that. So the times that I've been trying to get out and enjoy are actually pre-sunrise. Um, and this has actually come with a little bit of a, a life a life shift. And there's so many <laughs> starting points that I can start from here. Um, but I'm going to kind of start with the end result and work backwards. So I, I think uh, last week... Last week, I did a live stream first thing in the morning. I think I started the live stream at like 5.30 in the morning, and it just felt like the most appropriate time to do so. We did like a sunrise walk from Nezu Shrine, which is a beautiful shrine with a line of Tori gates, out to Ueno's Pond, where we watched the sunrise up behind the Tokyo Sky Tree, made our way out to the Ameyoko Market before it opened in the morning. It was just a really nice, peaceful walk and absolutely nobody around. And to get out to these more often than not, again, I've been cycling just to avoid taking those crowded trains. And the mornings have become my time to just get out. So on the days that I'm not waking up doing water exercise and coffee right out of the bat, I'm actually waking up doing water exercise and just heading out usually about half an hour before sunrise until about 20, 30 minutes after sunrise. I give myself just an hour of outdoor walking, exploration, just kind of feeling the city. I'll usually jump on the bicycle and head out somewhere. That's the beauty of Tokyo. Everything is so accessible. I, as, as I said, when I went out to Asakusa, I literally crossed the city to get there on bicycle. And it was, it was really nice. I miss cycling around the city. And this has really brought back that the love for it for me. But along with this, this was born actually out of one thing. So referencing the documentary, and I got stuck for a day or two, and I have been using a lot of this time to also try to do a bit of, uh, I don't want to call it self-improvement, because there's like a weird stigma attached to like that, that way of saying it, but learning. I, I will call it learning because that's exactly what it is. I've been trying to learn and develop new skills, whether it be skills in everything from editing and storytelling to learning about editing audio and learning about typefaces of fonts and everything like that and just learning how to continue being a better and more positive person because the simple act of constantly filling your ears with positivity has a great impact. We all have the, the tendency, if you will, to slip from time to time and bringing yourself back to that and putting a constant focus on it, I have found for me is an incredibly healthy way to stay in a really good mindset. And so one of the things that I was looking into is increasing overall productivity and focus. And along with this, I've picked up a couple different habits. One of these habits is I've actually gotten into mindfulness and the attempt of meditation because this very much like focusing on positivity is kind of just repeatedly bringing yourself back to 
the moment. People who practice meditation and mindfulness will already know this, but if you haven't meditated, it may be a little bit different from what you expect. You see, I went into it thinking that meditation is this thing where you search deep inside of yourself and etc, etc. But really, meditation is about clearing your mind and simply focusing on the breath, focusing on breathing in, focusing on breathing out and not allowing your mind to wander to other things, which, believe it or not, is way more challenging than you might think. If you have never done it, seriously, um, there's an app called Calm that I think it gives you like a, a free like seven-day meditation or something like that. And it's just really amazing to see how much your own mind actually wanders. And the whole goal, again, is just focus on breathing in and breathing out. And just focus on those breaths. And I do like 10, 15 minute sessions where the entire goal is just to bring yourself back to that moment. And to me, it really mirrors the idea of bringing myself back to a positive mindset. It doesn't mean that you can't get frustrated (laughs) during the day. It doesn't mean that you can't be like, well, this. It just means that when those hit, you have to remember that, hey, I want to be a little more positive about this. Let's actually exercise that positivity muscle and focus on just not being such a negative ninny about this. And so inside of that, inside of the mindfulness and increasing my ability to be more productive, I've been trying to increase my output, increase the amount of things that I can do within a, within a day. And with that, I've tried to Shave off. We've talked about it in the podcast. Shave off that that strive for absolute and utter perfection and just kind of get the podcasts out there. Have a good time with them. Take away the stress. Just turn it into something that we can do together, just like we are in this episode here. But I was reading into how, you know, for some people, a change of location can be a really great way to increase productivity, how it can inspire more creative ideas and a new flow. And for me, a new location, A, would be wildly distracting because all I want to do is explore. So I, I am not the type of person who can go out to like a cafe in an area I've never been to and sit down and work. A, I'm a people watcher. You might be too. You'll get what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to work on this project. And then you're like, ooh, what's going on over there? Oh, what's that person doing? And then you start making up scenarios for people, right? You're like, okay, well, that guy guy is having a really good uh, week at work. You know, he's, he's landed some very uh, successful, you know, deals or projects. And, you know, uh, that couple, they've been together for, for years and years. You can tell it in their body language. You just make up all this stuff in your head that you know, you well know that it probably is just absolute gibberish and doesn't make any sense. But you enjoy the space. And then for me, on top of that, I just want to explore. I want to get out and check out the new area. So for me, instead of going to a new location, I decided to switch things over to a different time period for a while and switch myself over to night. Somewhat gradually, I just kind of kept working later every single night and sleeping more throughout the day until I was on a night schedule. And so... I think last week for about four to five days to increase my creative process and my overall flow, I just decided to 
work through the night and sleep through the day, which was a godsend to me, by the way, because during the day there is all kinds of construction and people walking through the street and everything, and I can't do a voiceover if I want to, or I can't do a recording if I want to, I can't do a sampling to send to a client if I, I can't do a lot of it because I don't have a perfectly silent studio. And especially if it's for a client, I definitely don't want any of that noise seeping in in the background. So the nighttime gave me a perfectly silent space to work in with no distractions, no messages from people, no notifications coming in, a bit more email from overseas to deal with in real time. People are like, wait, why, why are you still awake? But it was really nice. And it gave me this little boost. And then as soon as I got used to it, as soon as I got comfortable with the nights, I decided it was time to switch back to the day schedule, which kind of, again, reinvigorated me, gave me that boost. But it was actually insanely productive and added, it helped me, if you will, take that documentary that I'm working on and just completely change it. So that was a lot of fun. Outside of that, I would say the biggest things that I have been focusing on are little tiny things that are actually big things, like connecting, just getting back in touch with family members. I think if you're anything like me, you'll understand what it's like to get so deep into a project or something that you're working on that you lift your head and all of a sudden it's a different time of day, or in my case, a different week, sometimes month. It's currently March, almost the end of March, which is absolutely amazing to me because I've gotten so deep into everything I'm doing lately that I, I feel I feel like March just started. I remember March 1st hitting and me being like, wow, I can't believe it's already March. I was I was just with my family in Canada at the end of like up until the beginning of December. Yeah. How how is how is this many months? gone by. And then I stop and I think, I'm like, how many times have I talked to my brothers and sisters? How many times have I spoke to my parents? How many times have I just talked to family members and friends back in Canada? And it's never as much as you wanted to. So that's been one of the things that I've been putting on my lists. And this is a good time to kind of to sidebar because uh, there it is. We've connected with people. That That's the thing. It's done. <laughs> Moving on to the lists that I was talking about earlier on in the episode. In order to make my uh, flow and my day more productive and less stressful, I found a little technique that I want to share. I'm going to be paraphrasing for the life of me. I cannot remember where I picked it up. I had a while where anytime I was on a train, bus, bike ride, Shinkansen, you name it, I was trying to consume some form of content that would teach me something that I could implement in my daily life. And in the midst of all of this, I found this really interesting technique that talked about how, as humans, we tend to keep everything in the forefront of our minds. So if you have a task list of four things that you need to do in that day, your mind is actually constantly juggling those because it doesn't know how to naturally prioritize them. So everything is struggling for the position number one in the prioritization in your mind, which is why as you're doing other stuff, these things will pop up in the form of distractions, stresses, reminders, and you constantly feel the pressure like, oh, I got to do this. I've got to do this. However, 
when you hear the idea of putting those into a list, you're like, yeah, well, duh. And that was literally my reaction. I was like, I used to make lists. And then it does kind of free your mind because you're like, okay, I've, I've put it on paper. I'm good. But then I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do the list because it turns out the big challenge of the list isn't the actual task itself. It's the starting point. So if you're into exercise and stuff like that, you'll know that the exercise is actually the easiest part of the entire thing. It's that first 10 seconds where you commit to picking up the weights or getting down and doing the crunches or the push-ups. The action of actually committing to doing it. The entry, the doorway, if you will, is much harder than the actual task itself. And more often than not, when we have a task list of, say, three tasks, we sit down, we look at it, and then we're like, okay, well, where, which one of these do we start with? And even when you look at that, say you want to start, say you've already put them in order. You want to start with number one. You're like, well, where, where do I start with number one? Honestly. And then that becomes a delay. All of this adds to procrastination and everything like that. So instead of just making a list, you make a list that actually has the starting point of each task that you need to do. So for me, this is one of the reasons why I talked about the exact location where I do my exercise, my push-ups. For example, this morning, it says 50 push-ups, office. Then open curtain, then open Google Docs. And each one of these is actually the entryway into a much bigger, like 50 push-ups office. That, that isn't my entire workout, but that's where it starts. Because if I can do those 50 push-ups right here in the office, then I get my mind into office mode. I get the exercise going. I'm like, I've already started. I might as well do a bit more. Opening the curtain, getting a bit of light into the room reminds me, okay, I need to get this room set up. I need to, you know, so I'll add like a task or two to that. And then open Google Docs. I've got some invoices I need to send. I've got some lists I need to fill out. The simple action of opening Google Docs gets me there. And I already know I need to do those. And so I've got an entire list in front of me of little tasks. Like, for example, rather than email this person, I've literally got open the email and open email from so-and-so and thank them for so-and-so. Just, just... It's so much easier. And what happens is it puts a little more priority in my mind of like, okay, well, I actually have specific actionable things on this list that I need to get to rather than just a checklist of things that'll be checked off when it's done. I have a first action list. And this first action list has helped me quite a bit. It's helped me get back in shape. It has helped me get projects done. It has helped me free my mind from the juggling that's going on that stops me from being productive. When my mind personally gets really busy and filled with all these tasks that I have to do in any given day, I want to create a piece of content. If I can, I want to record a podcast. Maybe I want to edit a podcast episode that I've already recorded for one of the platforms or the other platform. I want to put together some kind of post or tweet or something. I have all of this stuff in my head. And if I make an action list like this, then I can just kind of get to my day. I can do my 50 push-ups. I can do whatever it is. And I feel much more free. In fact, so free that I've gotten back to doing stuff that I haven't done in forever. Stuff that I really love. Like cooking or taking a 
coffee and turning it into a latte. Uh, fun fact that a lot of people don't know is if you have a French press for making coffee, you can actually use that French press to make foam like you would for a latte. Um, there are great tutorials on it online. There is a bit of a technique to it. If you end up putting too much air into it, then it just becomes this really weird foam with bubbles that keep popping and it looks kind of gross. But if you nail it just right, you get this really marshmallowy soft foam and I'm sidebarring into coffee for no reason other than the fact that I love coffee, but cooking has been one that I've been really enjoying lately. Actually, I've always loved cooking. When I was young, I had a paper route that I did, and every single Saturday morning as I turned on the TV to fold the papers and prep the paper route, there was a TV show called Yan Can Cook with this gentleman named Martin Yan who had the most spectacular energy of anyone I think I've ever seen on TV, YouTube, you name it. I just, I love this guy. Um, he was one of those ones where like the first time you see it, you're like, ah, okay. But the more you watch, the more you're like you're looking forward to it every single Saturday. He really, really grows on you. And so this became the, I guess the spark or the birthplace of, for a love of cooking and making things from scratch. So that's something that I've been doing a lot more of lately. Outside of that, just been trying to kind of make time for myself. And every now and then, every now and then, I've been sneaking in a little gaming. Yes, it is something that I had put high on the list for my New Year's resolution, actually, for 2019, was to fit in one hour of gaming anywhere with a friend. I did that in Canada. And this year... I've, I think I've fit in since February, maybe three, four solid hours. Uh, in case you're wondering, I like some of the classics. Um, my absolute favorite, my absolute favorite is still N64. I will kick back and play some Super Mario 64 just because it's it's Super Mario 64. There's, there's no other, a bit of GoldenEye, you know, uh, Pilot Wings. These are all great games, by the way. And uh, PC gaming, I lean towards the game Portal, which if you have never played it, it is just, it is wonderful. Look it up, uh, check out some YouTube videos on it. It is a bit of a mind-bending game. You have this portal gun, it opens up two portals and physics still apply. There's no way to put it into words. Just check it out. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you do play it, it is true. The cake is a lie. And outside of that, it's just been trying to get this, this office set up. You see, the office is still not completely set up, which is kind of amazing because at the end of this month, I will have officially been here for an entire year. And I still, it took a while to get the desk in, but that, that's a terrible excuse. Um, I would like to get something set up beside the shelf as an additional rack to hold addition, you know, extra gear. Uh, I want like kind of cable boxes and stuff like that because right now cable management and all of that and management of small stuff is it's, it's terrible. It's all over the place. Um, on the wall closest to where I sit on the desk right now, it's just a plain 
open wall. I've got like a blanket on it to manage sound a little bit, but there's so many things I want to do there. I want to put a rack up. I'm thinking of designing some kind of charging wall made out of pegboard where I can have all my chargers right there and still kind of pop them off and take them with me when I'm traveling. The The real trick is just getting the time to, to put it all together. Fun fact, moved in, as I said, almost a year ago. Uh, within like 10 days, it'll be a year ago. And there are still, still boxes uh, in the house. Now, in all fairness, in all fairness, total going into excuse mode here. Some of these boxes are not so much for storage as they are boxes <laughs> that I'm using as furniture. Um, that Okay, it's not furniture. It's, I feel that that gives a very unfair representation. So right beside my kitchen, there's this tiny space. And the space is too small to really put any exit, like any, any type of furniture that's pre-made. Um, but again, too big to just be a, a dead space. It's like a, one of those spaces, you know how you have a space between like a door and like another doorway? Well, this is like an extended version of that. It's maybe 50 centimeters wide. Uh, and uh, there's the panel there for when my uh, doorbell rings and everything so I can like see out the camera and all of that. So like the height is decided. And right now, I've got a couple boxes stacked up there just because they're perfectly sized and I've got everything from my router and server and everything just kind of sitting on top of there. And for the longest time, I've been like, I need to get something to put in this space where I can hide all of this stuff inside and it'll just look nice and clean because it's honestly one of the first things you see when you come in the house. And for a year, I've walked in the house every day and gone, oh, I need something there. And I have thought about building something and then, you know, one thing happens and then another thing happens and then you get busy and you make excuses. And my current excuse is I do not enjoy running the circular saw uh, inside of an apartment. Uh, there are, you, you can get a permit. Uh, you, all you got to do is talk to the, uh, the the building management and be like, okay, I'm going to be running a circular saw or doing a bit of construction from this day to this day. They put up a bit of a notice. And as long as you do it during daytime hours, it's not a bother to anybody because they're aware that it's going to happen. But still, if you've ever used a circular saw, they create an insane amount of mess and dust and everything like that. And the cleanup effort is 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 vigorous, if you will. That's the word we're going to use for that today. So those, that's my current excuse for not building something. Also, I keep finding stuff online that's like half good. Like it's almost where I need it to be. Like it's got the width, but it doesn't have the depth or it's got the height or the design or something, but it's lacking in one very essential. So yeah, these are all of my excuses. Right now, that's what we're doing. We're hanging out, sitting, making excuses for why Norm is still using boxes for furniture instead of actual furniture for furniture, if you will. But this, I think, uh, in the most part, gives kind of a peek into how I've been spending the time over the past couple of weeks. I think we are all dealing with this and coping with this in our own way. I hope that whatever you're doing is working for you. 
Um, maybe just listening to me go through all of this has given you at the very least a bit of distraction. Maybe it's given you an idea or two. Um, if you have any additional things that you're like, oh, you should definitely try this or, oh, I got, you know, I'm going to steal this from you. You know that you can always reach out to me through Twitter and Instagram and all of that. I'm always happy to chat about those, but I hope that you got at least a little something from today's episode. The rest of the day for me, honestly, the goal for today is to finish the edit on this documentary. Um, this, this podcast is really more like a, a procrastination. I was going to be like podcast, but that, that does not, it was meant to be like procrastination podcast, <laughs> podcast just sounds like something terrible that we, we don't want to be putting out into the world. So we're going we're gonna to avoid that. This has been like a real procrastination moment for me, but I really wanted to start the day by talking to you guys and connecting with you because this documentary, while very much for myself, is something that I want to communicate a message with and communicate a feel. And so starting my day by feeling like I'm speaking directly to you gets me in the mindset to make this documentary as something that someone can consume and enjoy. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope that you're having a great day. I hope that you are safe and healthy and that things aren't too tough for you. Uh, keep in mind as humans, we we're all suffering through this together. There, The world is full of bad. The world is full of idiots, but the world is also full of absolutely wonderful people. And if you look for it, fantastic moments of peaceful happiness, positivity, humans helping each other, and just us being people together. So with all of that being said, hope the rest of your day is great. I'm going to get to work. And you guys know, I will talk to you again real soon. Mm -hmm.